Hi, this is Hope. This is Kareem. Hi, this is Katie from Washington, D.C., and you're listening to No Meat Athlete Radio. Doug, I think uh, you're going to be proud of me. Oh. What I did last weekend. I I hope I am. <laughs> prove me right. Prove you. Prove, well, whatever. All right. Well, you actually already know what I did because I invited you to come along. But I think, <laughs> yeah. I, I think or maybe our listeners will be proud of me. Um, in fact, they shouldn't be proud of me because it was for my wife's birthday. I did it because it's her kind of thing. <laughs> what we did was uh, we went tubing on the river. I did an outdoor activity. Down did an outdoor in the water in non-chlorinated water. Exactly. It, the French Broad River, which is always brown for some reason. I don't really know what the <laughs> actual cause of that is. It always just seems like dirty, but I'm sure. I, I think it's dirt. I mean, I think it's like legit runoff dirt. Literally dirt, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that's sort of, a, I don't know, an Asheville thing to do is, is get some Definitely. beers, put them in the little cooler. We actually own the tubes, the whatever they would be called, inner tubes, I guess, that uh, mm-hmm. you put in the river, and we own a little cooler one. We've used them twice. We used them once last year for Aaron's birthday, and then once this year for Aaron's birthday. Hey. And uh, yeah, it's good. And I, as I, as we were doing it, I said, "Man, this this is an." I said this to Aaron. I said, "This is an outdoor activity that I actually like." And hey, uh, all right, so this is like a common ground that that we have. We can do outdoorsy things with the family, while at the same time, I get to sit in the tube, drink a couple beers, put on a playlist, and, uh, mm-hmm. and it was good. Mm-hmm. I also I also realized that I like the outdoor activity of skiing. I mentioned to her. And uh, <laughs> Wait, you just kind of casually realized that in July that you that you like <laughs> well, I was, <laughs> you like skiing. I, I was thinking, I was like, I, we have this outdoor activity that I actually <laughs> like, and it's tubing. And then I said, you know what? There's another one, and it's skiing. She said, well, you don't really ever do it. And I said, that's true, but I, I do like it. So, <laughs> well, you know what we need to do is what? plan a nomad athlete ski trip. I love skiing. Oh yeah, that would be good. Maybe have your kids? Have you taught your kids how to ski yet? No, that's that is one area that I've I've been. Uh, sort of negligent in my parenting. I feel like that was a, it was kind of a big part of my childhood. We actually, my parents bought a little like cabin thing that was at the bottom of a ski slope out in Western Maryland when I was, I don't know, six mm. or something. And so I skied from like age six till 12, several weekends per winter and got really into it. But yeah, uh, but yeah I've never once done it with the kids. Have you? Not yet, but I think we're going to do it this, this winter. Okay, good. Well, we should yeah. do that. Totally. That'd be it's, awesome. It is kind of it's terrifying to me. To bring a kid skiing, like not for their safety, but just—I mean, you—you you can, you must have to, which is kind of a theme of parenting in many ways, especially at a young age. You kind of need to put aside your your desires to have like, mm. you know, fun in your own way. Yes, right? definitely, you, definitely. You're, you're doing it for the kid's sake when you were taking your kid skiing for the first time. Well, you know, you you might not know this about me, Matt, but um, exactly. for three winters when I lived in Boone, which is where the ski slopes around here are. Mm-hmm. Um, for three winters, I was a ski instructor at at uh, Sugar Mountain oh. in Boone, and um, my, you know, I wouldn't say my specialty, but what I kept getting assigned to were the little kids. Oh yeah. <laughs> and so I have a lot of experience teaching little kids, either for, literally their first time on skis, or you know, all the way up to like being able to do runs, but like learning how to turn and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So you're an expert in in the wedge. I'm a the I'm an expert in the pizza slice. Yes. Yes, and uh, and you know what? You know this is this the first thing I would do before taking Eliza out is getting something called edgy wedgies, okay. which are these little clips that you put in the, the front of your skis, and so all they have to do is like push out, and it automatically forms the wedge for them and teaches them like how to turn their their feet in, and it's like it was a huge back saver because otherwise, as the instructor, you were skiing down backwards in front of them and like holding the edges uh. or like constantly pushing their feet in. Huh. And it was just, oh, it was so annoying. It was like, um, it was, it was very difficult. But the edgy wedgies are just brilliant. So, <laughs> I didn't know about that. That was not something after my time, because I never used those. Never even heard of those. No, no, I hadn't, I hadn't heard about them until I started teaching. Now they're the, they're, they're the big thing. So, but you're right. I mean, if you, if we were to take Eliza skiing, I mean, maybe we could do some handoffs and stuff like that, so you could get in some real runs. But like, you know, it would not satis- it would not scratch my skiing bug for sure. Right. Um, right. Because, you know, I want to shred the gnar and not hang out on the bunny exactly, slope. Exactly. You know what, though? It's not, I think I'm also afraid of just how frustrating it would be for the kid. Like, cause I, I'm not, mm. I'm fine. I've done plenty of the put aside your own desires and just do this for the kid uh, right. because it's fun. It's fun to see your kid progress. I, I'd be worried at how hard it would be and how little positive feedback reward there would be 
to them. And I guess I just remember that about those first few days of skiing. But, you know, it, it, was, it became a good memory. So I think you just got to get over that hump, I'm sure. Yeah, I think probably so. But, I mean, that's a good point because it is kind of uncomfortable. You know, it's like cold and you're falling a lot and you're wearing all these big clothes and stuff. Yeah, right. But, you know, but so like as an instructor, we, I mean, we would go in every half hour or something. You know, you would, you would depending on the age of the kid, um, you know, you would, you would teach them for 30, 45 minutes and then you would bring them all inside and give mm. them hot coffee, hot, hot cocoa right. or something, and then take them back right. out. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe we just put the kids in a lesson when we go skiing. That's what we need to do. There you, there you go. I mean, right, exactly. I mean, I mean, that's what they have, like, the ski schools that are designed exactly for that. But you can't do that. You're, you're a former instructor. That would be <laughs> <laughs> no, all the more reason to do that. <laughs> no. Anyway, so that was, that was what I did Saturday. Uh, not without incident, because Ellery got the fever the next day or 24 hours later, and I, I can only blame the river for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it has, uh, to, has to be there. <laughs> she doesn't get sick very much, and then we were just suddenly in this dirty river, and now she's sick. <laughs> Who knows? So, all right. So, so Saturday was Aaron's birthday. Went outside. Um, I gotta ask. Father's Day was the next day. Did you? Uh, did you also go outside? Uh, no. Did did very little outside. Took my kid or my son to a uh, a soccer lesson thing with his coach later in the evening. But we just stayed in and uh, watched the women's national team play in the World Cup that soccer game. Uh, I really just hung around the house. It was it was my perfect day. It was it was awesome. What you guys do? <laughs> you good. must have done some sort of epic hike. Or, we did. I, you know, we we I had a, I had just had a fantastic Father's Day weekend. Oh, I kind of yeah. it, it kind of stretched out into the whole weekend. I'm not gonna okay. Not gonna lie, but uh, so Saturday we went on a big hike up in um, Craggy Gardens, mm-hmm. big family hike, and that was awesome. It was really great to be out on in the mountains. And then Sunday, um, got up. Played a casual two rounds of disc golf by myself, which was great. Uh-huh. And then hung out with the family for a while, did a big brunch, and then uh, went for went for a run. <laughs> and yeah. it was just really nice. I like got a, got a, got to do all the stuff that I wanted to do. Also got some really good family time. We grilled out that night, uh-huh. so it was good. It was a so great I've, day. I have wondered, and in my early days of having kids, when would it, not? I mean, it was it was hard. It was as as it is for anyone. No matter how good it is, there there are some hard times. Just hard days. And I remember first couple Father's Days rolled around, I was like, you know what would be the best Father's Day? It would be me just do my own thing. Like, yeah. pretend like I'm not a father for one day. <laughs> and just, as much as it's great, I'm not, not saying anything about how parenting in general. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. nice, you, know, you have one day where it's kind of like you just you just get back all the things that you used to enjoy about not having kids. Right. Um, but I think I mentioned that to Erin once, and she was like, she thought that would be the worst thing you could do on Father's Day. She thought, she's like, that's just not the way you would celebrate Father's Day. It seemed like, <laughs> it's not like it's your day to do what you want with. It's your day to, uh. to be a father and celebrate that. So I, uh, I'm surprised to hear you say that you would do that. Not that I think it's wrong. It just, and not that anyone should think it's wrong. Um, yeah. I'm just well, curious. I figured you'd, you'd do more of the uh, family thing all day. Well, we did. So, you know, what I what I liked about it was the balance of the two. Because it was a priority for me to I, to, like... Not just rush through a round of disc golf because I had forty five minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. but um, you know to be able to play, play and not feel guilty about maybe playing a second round. Uh-huh. And same same with the run. You know, like I, I went out for what was going to be just like a forty five minute run. And I was out there and I was feeling good. I texted Katie and I was like, "You guys good? If I just keep going and and I did and I turned it into you know an hour and a half run or whatever. Nice. Um, and and like that was, uh, like having those opportunities to do that and not feel guilty about not being home and helping mm-hmm. out and that kind of thing. But also like we had a big family brunch, we cooked out, we went on this family hike. Like yeah. we did a bunch of family things that were, you know, also things that I wanted to do, you know, with the family, mm-hmm. but we did them all together and that was great. But then I also kind of had some time and it was so good and, and so refreshing that, good. um, that afterwards I was talking to Katie and I was like, you know what we, I think we should do is have a day um, so each of us get a day every other month. So mm-hmm. so there's one day a month when the person, the other person can decide, can shape the day however they want to. And it's not, you, you shouldn't feel guilty about doing anything. So if you want to go to a yoga class or get a massage or you want to go for a long run or whatever, like you can shape the day. We'll balance it out like with family time and independent time. Yep. And, you know, we each get a day a month. I think that's very smart. I love that idea, actually. Yeah, because you know what I mean about it is the person who, at least in my case, getting the kids while the while the other one goes out and does something. It's not like that's some horrible fate that you're left with. Oh yeah, because totally. because it turns out to be this sort of deliberate day where it is just you and the kids. In your case, you and and the, the one kid, 
Right. Uh, and and you kind of plan it, and you and it's like you just talk about it as if it's going to be. I don't know. There's just anticipation of it, at least from the kids' perspective. And it's just kind of whenever Aaron is away or I'm away, I think there's this sort of fun that happens, just because it's one parent and the kids. Yeah. Oh, totally. So, I, I mean, and, and like, and Katie and Eliza went out and did some really fun stuff while I was playing disc golf. And you know, like, you know, they they had a great day, and then we had a great day. It was just like a really good day, you know. Amazing. And okay. if we can if we can do that once a month, and then it's like just refreshing for the other person once a month. Like, right. I'm all for that. I think. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna give it a go because I like that. Yeah, I'm gonna do the same thing, except I'm gonna do it once a week. <laughs> Every <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> Every hour. We're just gonna alternate. <laughs> anyway, uh, all right. So the reason we are uh, allowing ourselves to go long on on such topics is because this episode is about kids, which mm. I don't think Doug have we have we done like a dedicated me and you kids episode. I know we've had guests who talk about parenting. I'm sure we've done No, something. not just the two of us. We have certainly talked about families a little bit, but um, no, no, I yeah. think we've had Pamela on, Pamela Ferguson on, we've had your wife on, talk about kids. We had your kids on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, uh, that's true. But not really just me and you, just swapping no. war stories. <laughs> uh, I think So I think probably we haven't because at first you didn't have a kid, and I mm-hmm. did, but mm-hmm. mine were still pretty young. And But now I feel like, I don't know, so my, my son is nine, my daughter's six. And what is your daughter? About two and a half. Okay. Yeah. So nice little range that we're covering there. And yep. uh, I think we can I think we can speak with some intelligence, at least experience, about uh, how we have done thing done things. And I think like the way that I thought we could do this would be the whole podcast, the whole nomad athlete, everything is about these three things, which is food, fitness, mindset. And although I wouldn't say we've had like a really deliberate plan about any of those things just in having done this now in some form for nine years like i've just sort of developed the way in which we teach our kids about those things and i'm you know even though it's only been two and a half years for you i'm sure you've kind of done the same and uh, i figured we could just talk about how how we kind of uh i guess instill the same values we have in our kids when it comes to those three things uh or maybe try to set them up for success in those areas, whatever it is. But how we how we raise the kids when it comes to those things. Yeah, works I, yeah, works <laughs> works for me. Okay. I'm, uh, yeah, this will be interesting. And you know, it's like for me, it's still very much an, a new thing. You know, I mean, two and a half years sure. is a pretty young kid, and 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 like when it comes to food or fitness or things like that. I mean, you know, we're talking about you know, in some cases less than six months or, or a year or something that I've actually had to deal with that kind of stuff. Um, but it's been a, not, an interesting you not, learning. You're not training every day for some sort of Olympic sort of thing? Well, we have been for the last six months, but, <laughs> okay. you know, not before. Then. <laughs> yeah. right. No. Uh, no, I, you know, so it's it's just, um, I don't know. I'm still very much learning. And, and I mean, I'm sure you would say the same thing, but yeah, of course. I'm yes. excited to share what we do. Definitely. All right. So let's do food. We've probably food's probably the one we have talked about the most uh, as far as what we do with kids. And both of us are raising our kids vegan, which is a, a choice that at least I assume you are, Doug. I don't know for sure, but is that is that accurate? Yes, hundred percent. Good. So uh, yeah, that comes up a lot. I just whenever I give talks and things, people always ask that they don't, they don't just assume that you are, or at least someone in the audience doesn't just assume that you are. Um, so I feel like that's something that comes up a lot. And uh, I don't know, like that. Partly, I admit we have this sort of unfair advantage for having moved ourselves to a place where um, it's not that uncommon to be vegan. As I mentioned sometime in the past few months, uh, there were like four or five kids in my son's class. He was in third grade this past year, and it was in his third grade. There were four or five kids uh, besides him who did not eat dairy or were vegan. So it's not like he was at all the only one. And there were at least one, I think maybe two others who were completely vegan. So... It's not like it's this weird thing where he's just on an island as this weird kid who doesn't eat animal products. Um, so that's just cool. I mean, birthday parties, people always ask about that stuff as if it's really hard. And I'm guessing it is really hard if you just kind of don't live somewhere where that sort of thing is common. Um, but that has not been a huge, huge issue for us. It just it's just kind of fine. We, we send them with an extra you know, vegan cupcake from Whole Foods if they're going to a party where the parents haven't reached out and said, hey, we're going to have a vegan dessert for your kids or for whoever other kids are vegan there. Um, and if we forget that, we we kind of pull our kids aside and said, hey, we forgot to do the vegan cake thing for you. Uh, we'll just get a nice little treat after this. We'll go get some ice cream or something because uh, luckily there's vegan ice cream. So 
that has not been really a huge issue. Have you have you found it to be that yet? You know, no. I mean, of course not really, because we're not going to a ton of birthday parties and things like that yet. But mm-hmm. um, there there are certainly, you know, right now she's in a phase where um, she doesn't quite, she doesn't at all understand what veganism is and why she's vegan, you know, although we talk about it quite regularly now, and I want to bring that up in a second, but... Um, you know, but she's also in a phase where she sees something that her friends are doing and she wants to do the same thing. And if, if the friend is playing with a certain toy, like she wants to play with that toy too. Um, and, and so, you know, for example, we were at a school end of year picnic, um, a couple months ago or something. And they had, uh, they had just like some snacks and some like non-healthy snacks. It's like donuts and all kinds of stuff. I couldn't believe they were bringing to the school picnic, but, um, you know, some things like that. And, uh, and, and some of her friends got them and she saw other kids getting them and she wanted them too. And like, that was kind of one of the, one of the first times that, you know, we were in a place where we hadn't brought food. We hadn't done certain things to like prepare. Mm -hmm. Um, and we're having to either, you know, have her throw a tantrum, uh, you know, or not, I mean, not a tantrum, but get upset or, um, or let her do it. And, I mean, you know, of course, like we didn't really want her to eat it anyway. So we kind of did the whole take her, remove her from the situation and, and try to distract her enough to where she didn't care anymore, <laughs> you know, and I didn't feel guilty about it because, you know, it wasn't something that we were necessarily wanted her to eat anyway, but, um, like even it had, even if it had been vegan, yeah. uh, but you know, but we are beginning to kind of figure that out and deal with that, but we haven't had to do too much of it yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I don't know what listeners think or where people fall on this but for me i i guess i don't know i feel like the vegan or vegetarian or plant-based or whatever you're going to be for me like that is a personal choice and it's one that i want my kids to do i sure hope that they end up being vegan um but i, I never want to like force that so that so that like they do not have an option to not be vegan um I also think that like it helps my cause if I if I'm hoping for them to turn up to become to choose vegan on their own, that if I end up letting them make their own choices at some point, uh, mm-hmm. and we do that now, like thankfully they they choose vegan, but like I often say like look if you want to have it like this isn't vegan if you want to have it you can, um, but you know that's that's your thing and and I you know strongly suggest that they don't, but I, I don't say like yeah. you're forbidden from having that because I, I want them to make the choice on their own, um, but what I was getting at is like. The part I, I, for some reason, feel more strongly about, I guess because I think of the vegan thing as such a personal choice, is I want them to choose healthy foods. I want them to become healthy eaters. Mm. So there's plenty of conversation that we have about animals and why we don't eat animals and just how that, you know, our personal philosophy in that area, why we choose not to. Uh, but I would say, like, way more of our conversations around food, probably probably 90% of them, are just about healthy food. That, like that's just the word we use, and that means vegan when we say it to the kids. Um, but like the, the language is always about healthy food. That's kind of just what it is. And so involving the kids all the time in gardening, uh, especially cooking, it's it's just this constant conversation about food. They don't think about. They don't ask questions about meat and cheese in in those moments because that's not around. They're not thinking about that. They're just thinking about this healthy food that we we're cooking. And we end up talking a lot more about that and like why some people are unhealthy and just the food, we don't talk about the food system, but we talk about just forces that are, are at work to kind of get people to eat not very healthily. Um, hmm. So I, I don't know, you know, that, I'm not saying like that's my suggestion that what parents should do, because I don't know how you want to talk about vegan, vegetarian. Uh, but as far as what we do, it, the conversation is just, it's always about healthy food. And to our kids, I think that means vegan. Um, but mostly we're just talking about, you know, making healthy choices. Yeah, I like that a lot, and I'll, and that's not necessarily an approach that we've adopted yet. But I think we're <laughs> I think that I I want to. That sounds way better than kind of just talking about being vegan, which is you know and why she's vegan and why we're vegan and you know so forth. Um, and you know I think that that's important too to like help her understand that. But um, I, I like I like to focus on the healthy foods. You know, I for sure I have noticed that involving her in the garden, involving her in cooking. Um, makes a huge difference in the type of food she is excited to eat. Yeah. You know, if she cooked it, like she's almost always excited to eat it. If we grew it, she is definitely excited to eat it. 
Um, and so being able to, to show her the healthy foods and involve her in that healthy cooking, I think is, or I hope is going to go a long way in kind of shaping her, her right. taste buds. Right. Um, but you know, so one thing that's kind of been kind of interesting recently, I've really only noticed this in the last couple of months. Maybe it's because of what she started eating or just the summer and when, what we were eating or whatever. But, um, I keep finding myself in situations where like, uh, like grilling out the other night, um, you know, we kept, we kept calling them burgers instead of veggie burgers. And then she goes, I want a burger. And then, you know, it occurred to me, I was like, you know, we need to probably teach her that this isn't the type of burger she would get if she went to most people and said, I want a burger, <laughs> you know, or if she was at a friend's house and they were like, Eliza, you want a burger? And they didn't know if she was vegan, you know, then they would probably give her a different type of burger. And so like teaching her about veggie burger or almond milk or, uh, last night, you know, as speaking of what we ate last night, um, you know, we we had we made Pamela Ferguson's um, like a mac and cheese, vegan mac and cheese uh, from the Nutrition for Kids module, uh-huh. um, and you know, I mean, it's like you know, it's all vegetables. There's no like fake cheese in there or anything, um, you know. But we called it mac and cheese, and you're like, well, we should probably teach her this is like a a vegan mac and cheese or I don't know, something a little different, even though she was involved in the making of it. Yeah. You know, it's just like, how do you, like, I don't know exactly how to approach that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't think we ever did approach that. Like we, we have vegan cheese in the house. Like we'll get the Miyoko's stuff. And mm-hmm. I, I th- my kids have called that vegan cheese plenty. And so now they mostly just call it cheese. Um, right. And the same with burgers. Like we, they call burgers burgers. If they hear hamburger, they understand that's not vegan. And if someone, and probably maybe in the past, the kid has said, "Can we have a hamburger?" And we corrected them, said, "No, these aren't hamburgers. This is this is just burgers. Hamburgers would be the ones that have meat in them." Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, we've definitely had those conversations. And I, but I think I think you probably get through. You know, you're probably in the in the one year right now where that sort of conversation is it seems like an issue, right? And then and then once that that distinction is made one time she'll she'll remember and get it after that yeah i guess i don't know yeah but. yeah these are the other question I, I have for you so maybe this is just me just asking you how to raise it being good now um is you know so right now we're talking a lot about because she's just obsessed with animals and she can understand that concept a lot more than healthy so as we're talking about being vegan and, and why we don't eat animals there a lot of it is has to do with the animals right um and and she seems to get that and she seems to understand that. Um, I'm curious if, uh, if your kids, you know, responded better to the healthy food thing or, you know, or kind of thinking of it as we don't eat animals cause we like animals kind of thing. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I remember both from when we, when they were young. Um, I think we kind of put the two together, which it, I must admit is like a little bit unfair cause there's plenty of vegan junk food. And I always felt, like I was in some way cheating by saying that vegan food was healthy food. Because um, like I said, I do want them to make this choice. Them. I don't want to just brainwash them and say all vegan food is healthy, all non-vegan food is not healthy, therefore this is the only healthy choice. Um, you know, because people know how I feel. You can I, you can eat a tiny amount of animal products and I think it can still be healthy uh, if that is the goal and you're not talk, I'm not concerned about ethics. Um, so I, I think I think we really have just put the two together all the time for the kids. It was always that the, the food that is not the animals is the healthy food. Uh, and like I said, I, I think I, you know, when you talk to an adult, you can't you can't try to pull that one. And you can't say like all vegan food is healthy because <laughs> right. they will they will shoot you down. And they will prove you wrong by, you know, whatever, Boca Burgers, whatever you want to point to. Um, and things way worse than that. Um, so, yeah, I think we've just put them together. I, ha- I have not really thought about that distinction or which one they responded to the most i don't really remember okay (laughs) but anyway i think uh you know it sounds like i don't know like it's almost like that idea that like if you're like you know how how people say like a fish i don't know what i forget what the saying or the example is but like a fish lives all its life in water but but if asked wouldn't know what water was because that is the only thing it knows right like it just it doesn't Mm -hmm. realize it lives in water because it's to it that's that's what that's the medium life that's its whole world right And so mm-hmm. I, I think that's sort of the environment that we have created for our kids as far as healthy food goes. And only as they gotten older have they started to realize like, that there's just lots of other food that, so it's almost like a bubble where they think, you know, this is the healthy food. And then they start to discover all these foods that it turns out aren't healthy later. Um, I would imagine without trying to, you are creating that bubble with the amount that you have her in the garden and you talk about how she comes and snacks right out of the garden uh, mm-hmm. and, and just 
you know, seems to really love growing or and eating the food that you guys grew. I don't know. I think I think you're probably creating that same effect where even if even if there's not a lot of conversation about healthy food, it's just what it's the only thing that that she knows. Right. You know. I mean, she probably eats the healthiest. And I know you say this about your daughter as well, <laughs> but um you know, she probably eats the healthiest out of everybody cuz she just, you know, similar to to your daughter, I mean, she will just chow down on on beans, or like we give her probably a full cup of peas for dinner every night, and she just eats, yeah. they just gobbles yeah. them up, you know. And like, <laughs> it's like it's it's awesome to see, you know, or like plain chickpea pasta, and like she just loves that stuff, yeah. and um, and I don't know, that's cool to see. Yeah, which is actually that brings me to the one thing I wanted to bring up. The biggest challenge that I have yet faced with this. Uh, is not the things I mentioned earlier with the you know the birthday parties and the friends and people questioning you. I mean that that just has not been an issue. Um, it is it is that my son when he was born we had been vegetarian for like I think we'd been vegetarian for one year, uh, and then we went vegan only after he was one or two years old. Uh, so you know he and we were kind of figuring it out ourselves. So not just were we not eating fully vegan yet, uh, we were eating plenty of like the things that. I, I consider junk food now and eat, you know, very rarely like the garden, uh, those fried chickenless tender things. Uh, and just foods like that where we were kind of like, you know, these, these kind of vegetarian, I guess they are vegan, but, but comfort foods that are kind of u- getting used to not eating meat. We were still doing a bunch of that. So he did a bunch of that as well. Uh, and what has happened is like he, so he doesn't eat nearly as well as my daughter who was really raised completely vegan and, and whole foods from the beginning. Um, like he will i want because he's really as i mentioned lots of times he's really into soccer he's really good at it uh and my daughter too is a really good athlete so they're both they're both really good athletes and i i don't want to somehow like find out 10 or 15 years from now or not find out but come to realize that wow like they should have been getting a lot more calories than they actually were getting if i wanted them to be as good as they could like to reach their potential in sports right because you're competing against kids who are who are eating standard american diets uh, which will make a lot of kids unhealthy right now, right? We'll put make kids overweight and unfit for uh, to be really good at sports right now. Um, but I think for the most part, those things are going to catch up with them much later. Whereas in the in the shortest term, maybe maybe kids are going to be better athletes for, for eating a whole lot of calories, regardless of where those calories come from. So I want my kids to to be able to you know keep up in that sense. So I want them to eat lots of calories. So my biggest challenge has been getting my son, especially because he's not that big a fan of of like you know bland whole foods. Um, getting him to eat a lot the way I see other kids eating, other kids who aren't plant-based, uh, you know, the way I see them devouring meals, I want him to do that. Um, and, I, you know, I, I wrestle a lot with, like, is it healthy for me to make to be teaching him to always make sure you're stuffed at the end of a meal and don't stop eating until you're really, really full? Like, you know, that that I think about. I think there's enough positive influence that that's not that big of a deal for him to understand that he's kind of doing that for sports. Um but I don't know. I I'm, I'm not sure where I am with all that. So that's my challenge now. Is like if I give him the vegan junk food, like if we get Trader Joe's veggie burgers, which which are full of like I don't know uh, pea protein and just like oil and they taste and smell delicious, but they're just they're full of like they're just not whole food. And I can get him to eat plenty of that stuff. That's not a problem. So my my struggle now is like th- th- this balance between the foods that he's going to eat a whole lot of uh, and that are going to help him grow you know, not, not get taller per se, but just, just put on weight. I want him to be a, a good, you know, solid, thick player. Um, and getting him to eat the, the foods that I know are really good for his long-term health. And, and that I want him to establish habits of liking these foods. So that's been my big challenge recently. That's the past two years. I'd say I've, I've really focused a lot on really ever since he, I realized how great he was at soccer and how much this might be a big part of his future. Um, it's just become this thing that I think about all the time and, and I'm always trying new things and I've definitely found some things that work, some foods that I can make for him that kind of accomplish both goals, but I definitely, you know, he gets more oil and things like that, uh, than my daughter does because she, she eats plenty of the other food. So I don't know that that's my struggle right now. Yeah, I get it. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely, you know, I think every parent questions whether they make the right decision for, for their kids. And, um, you know, something as big as diet and nutrition, you know, and coming from people who like us, who think a lot about diet and nutrition, I think, you know, part of what's wrong in America and, and is that parents don't think about that and what they're feeding their kids. Right. Um, right. you know, so for, as for people who think a lot about it, you know, it's easy to kind of question whether the decisions you're making are, are right. And, you know, I'm not going to tell you that they, <laughs> 
that they are, of course, you know, but, but like that is a, that is definitely a concern, you know? I mean, not that I think that I'm at all making the wrong decision for my kid, but, um, you know, I worry if she's getting enough fats, like healthy fats and stuff like that. If she just eats, you know, a lot of like plain vegetables. Yeah. Um, right. And, I think that's, uh, I think that's a good to worry about for sure. I mean, like regardless of what diet your kid is eating, right? That no one's, no one's claiming that we have a perfect diet that you never need to think about what foods your kids are choosing within right. that diet, right? Like, I mean, that's, I suppose that exists in the, in the, maybe in nature, right? In the purest form and just, but even that, we don't know the, the diet would just naturally eat if there were no other forces acting on us. Like, is that the one that's going to set us up for the most longevity? Maybe not, right? Because evolution doesn't really care about what happens after age, age 30. So right. anyway, um, I, I do want to clarify that, like, I'm, I do not intend to say that I'm questioning whether the plant-based diet is a good choice for kids or is a healthy choice for kids. Like, I'm fully confident in that one. I'm not worried about in 15 years, I realized that, wow, we made the wrong choice and he didn't properly develop. Like, that's not my, that's not my concern at all. My concern is when, if, if sports are a huge part of my kids' lives, lives, um, and the competition is eating, you know, standard American diet and as a result, getting bigger than my kids are. And for a lot of sports, bigger matters. Right, some like I said, some are going to get too big, and it's not, and it's not that that will be a bad thing for them. Um, but but when when you're competing against people who are eating, you know, what is especially nowadays with the way the the food system is, kind of an unnatural diet that, that is designed to make them eat lots and lots of calories. Um, you know, it's sort of a weird question, right? Like I'm not I'm not questioning whether this is the right choice for their health in the long term at all. It, mm-hmm. But it's like during these few years when they're when they're going to be competing in the next 10, 15 years. Um, I just I just want to make sure we can we can get them enough to do well in that stuff. So that's that's my struggle. How do you do that on a plant based diet? Is my a healthy plant based diet? I should say. Um, yeah, that's been my that's been the thing I think a lot about recently. Yeah, I think it's a valid thing to think about. Good. Well, anyway, now people well, know. <laughs> well, speaking of of sports and uh, and that kind of stuff, why don't we transition on to our th- second category, which is uh, fitness? How we approach? Yes. Let's do fitness that. with Why don't you kids. start, Doug? I've talked a lot already. Uh, I know you know your daughter's two and a half, so it's not like it's not like you were doing too many uh, getting up at six a.m. to work out. Situations, <laughs> I don't think with her. No, but uh, but anyway, you're you know you've got this this healthy approach to outdoorsiness and being in nature. So why don't you why don't you get started and then I'll chime in. Yeah, I mean you know like you said, she's just kind of getting her personality and and figuring out what she likes and what she doesn't like. Um, and you know, it's not like we're on team sports or anything like that, but, uh, but being active and, and physically active has been a huge part of, um, the way I want to raise her and kind of the person I I hope that she becomes, although, um, you know, it's her choice. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, I mean, I think the biggest thing that we have done is try to show her what we do and include her in what we do. And that, you know, that started at a very young age of me, like going on runs with her and to, you know, and then she started, uh, she'd be in the stroller and we tried to make them, I would try to make them fun and she would, you know, cheer me on and kind of get excited to go on a run with daddy. Um, and that was cool. And, and now she's less interested in doing the, the runs with me because she doesn't want to just sit in a stroller the whole time. But, um, you know, but, but she certainly is involved in kind of my running and what that, and racing and what that looks like. Um, and one of the, like the fun things right now that she's doing is she knows, um, Katie, anytime I go for a run, we kind of say like, I'm going to go climb a mountain and she gets all excited and they go outside and they look up at the mountain from our yard and they try to see, see if they can find me and that kind of thing. Um, and, um, and she now gets really excited. Like one of our very favorite things that we do is go climb mountains and really it's just going on a hike together. Um, you know, whether we reach the top of the mountain or not, but she loves going on hikes and she loves this idea of, of, um, you know, being at the bottom of the mountain and then kind of going on a hike and pretending like we're at the top of the mountain. Um, and, and that's the kind of stuff like involving her in the, in the activities that we do and kind of showing her that they're fun and they're exciting. And it's not just about a workout or something like that, but, you know, but, but things we're really interested in, like that's kind of been our, approach to fitness and, 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 you know, activities. Then of course, like anything we can do to get her outside to play, you know, run around with the ball or, um, you know, just play at the water table or run in the sprinkler or anything like that. Like 
all that stuff is just, uh, I think, good activities for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, I'm realizing maybe there's not going to be that much to even say about the fitness topic because I completely agree that, like, I think the idea at this age is to not try to teach them the discipline of working out, right, or doing mm-hmm. exercise because it's good for you. Uh, you know, maybe we'll talk about that in the, in the mindset part, which will be just in a bit, uh, in some way. But like, I think I think what the best thing you can do, and who knows if this is right, but it just seems like the natural thing is it's just like make them associate moving with fun activities or fun right. activities with moving, uh, rather than you know what. Unfortunately, like so many the forces these days, just it just has so many people just at home on the couch. And like I said, we just joke about me being an indoorsy person and liking to just kind of have those days where we're just at home doing a puzzle or whatever and like i i like that kind of stuff for sure um and so my wife is, has been way better at taking the lead on this and perhaps that's why you know i wasn't really raised that way like we did some hikes and things in, in the in you know what i even hated hiking back then so i don't i don't want to do it with my parents <laughs> I, I never really enjoyed it so um my wife thankfully does a lot of that with the kids and they they love going on hikes they really do um and so but what's funny to me is like i hated running as a kid too and i think so many people did i think i'm not mm-hmm. so unique there uh, I just, I like, I love sports, but I hated having to run in the practices or the training or whatever. But my kids actually enjoy the running part, especially my son. He's like, he likes the running for its own sake, hmm. which is really neat to me. Maybe it has to do with watching me doing races and things. So I think you're, I think you're on the right track there. Um, but I think, I don't know. I just, so, so he'll go on runs and things like that, but it's never like, Hey, you should go on a run. It's like, do you want to go on a run? Because it's fun to do for you. And so that's, that's where, I don't know. I'd say that's the only thing we've really pushed as far as fitness is just trying to make sure they do activities that they enjoy that are that involve moving um, yeah and sports are sports fall right into there right they do gymnastics they do soccer uh they both do swimming like they love that stuff they don't think of that at all as as exercise that they have to do it's just it's just fun to go do those things so right totally yeah I, which is you know that seems totally natural to me that that's that's kind of the way to do it is just make this stuff seem fun and probably the way that you make that stuff seem fun is by you being a good example of someone who's you know fairly mm-hmm. active and does things yeah and getting excited about you know all that stuff for them you know uh and maybe this is again a reflection of where we live but i, I don't think so i would imagine this is most places too is um you know, there's just a ton of kid, like we take her semi-regularly to a kid's gymnastics, like a toddler gymnastics thing that they just kind of open the gym up and there's no like set instruction or anything, but you can walk on the like little balance beams and, you know, jump over things mm-hmm. and play on the trampoline and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like loves that. And, you know, I love the idea of her getting into a gym, you know, getting comfortable around that type of activity. Um, you know, so that if she ever did want to do gymnastics in a year or two or, you know, a couple of years, whenever she's old enough, um, like that, it wouldn't be a big transition for her to do something like that. Uh, or yoga, we, you know, she goes to kids yoga all the time, um, at the yoga studio. And it's, it's like, it's, it's hardly yoga, right? <laughs> I mean, there, there is some yoga, of course, and she knows she can do a vinyasa and she can do all the down dog and all the go through everything. And she loves doing those things, but it's hardly yoga, you know, but but she gets really excited about going to yoga, you know, and, um, once it becomes more like yoga, you know, I love the idea that she'll be hopefully excited to do that. Yeah. You know, in the same way she is now. Right. And who knows, right. I think like, like you kind of alluded to earlier, we, I think it's really not a good idea to sort of like do anything to steer them into stuff, right? Of course you can suggest it, but then I think, I think the more you can release the hope that they will later do that, uh, generally the better because, Chips are they're not they're they're only going to do a few little things that'll be the thing they really get into and, sure. and you don't want to be disappointed or express disappointment for them for not obviously but I think the fact that like regardless of whether she chooses yoga the fact that she's doing it now uh you know it just it's just one of many things that will will kind of become a a great thing that, that totally even yeah done. yeah I hope I hope it didn't sound like I was no, I would be course. disappointed it absolutely okay. not. but um yeah you mentioned living where we live and I thought you were going to talk about mountain biking because my my son has done a ton of that stuff since he was like two he was riding a bike and partly that was because there was this there was all these um i don't know what they're called like the bike park where it's like a bmx sort of track Mm. that's sort of at at the trails there's one in uh, bent creek as well and he just got really into that because it was fun it it wasn't just ride your bike around the neighborhood which i guess that's fun enough for a kid 
but it was like a track and there's bumps and jumps and things like that and and they just love that kind of stuff so again just an example of sport things that they just want to do anyway regardless of the fact that they involve moving and uh think that's think that's the best you can do yeah we we recently got one of those balance bikes mm-hmm. i'm sure you've seen those we use them it's like pedalist bikes you yep. use them okay um yeah, <laughs> you use one too. Oh, that's cute. <laughs> yeah. um, but <laughs> we got one, and someone recently sent me a video of um, like these races with little kids on the balance bikes. Really? They are intense. I mean, those little kids. I mean, they just <laughs> they're ruthless going around these turns. And I mean, I just had no idea that you could like uh, do that on a balance bike. But it was pretty cool. So you know, I'm excited for her to. She's just she right now. She can barely touch the ground even when it's like at its lowest setting. Mm-hmm. So um, she's not quite ready for it yet, but she'll yeah. get there. Yep, that thing was immensely useful to us. Like Holden learned to run ride a bike when he was two years old. Could ride a bike with no training wheels on it, like a two wheel bike, which I, I don't think I learned that till I was six or seven, and I don't think most kids do. But because he rode that thing around, since as soon as he could reach the ground with it. Uh, mm-hmm. he, he just got right into that. And then we gave it to my daughter, Ellery. She, she never took to it. She just never liked that thing. But she can ride a bike <laughs> now, thankfully. But anyway. <laughs> um, so I guess that's fitness, huh? Yeah. How about... Okay. <laughs> well, we're, you know, we're at about 45 minutes. I think it's it's only natural that uh, nutrition takes up a big chunk of this. Sure, yeah. And uh, so finally, mindset. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know how much... I'm sure the mindset things that you are doing at at her young age uh, are are subtle things, right? You're not talking to her about discipline or working mm-hmm. hard, probably. Um, but I would imagine just sort of this energy of positivity and niceness and equality and all that kind of stuff that we we you know like. Um, and that's what it's been for us up until I'd say the past two years, uh, when it seems like interestingly, my son at the same time he got really good at soccer, or that we discovered he was. I think I think my daughter. Like my son didn't didn't get serious, quote unquote, about sports at her age. But I think she, seeing him get serious at sports, having that example, um, has like gotten this seriousness, to, especially to her gymnastics, um, but even to her soccer somewhat, uh, that he didn't really have until you know he was he was eight and now. But she's she's here like she was doing this stuff when she was five. Um, hmm. They and so. It's kind of interesting. It's been really fun for me. It's it's so far I think been my very favorite phase of parenting, uh, seeing them, you know, go into these things and and find something that they're really really good at, and then want to work at it. And I I feel like my like not my wound but my my regret about the way I did sports when I was younger is that I never really got the idea that you have to like you just it's about how hard you can work right because we all grew up raised with this idea that the way to be good at sports is to be born with some natural gift for sports or for a particular sport um and then it seems like in the past i don't know maybe maybe 10 15 years ago there was there were several books that came out uh my favorite one actually was called talent is overrated but i noticed that the malcolm gladwell one i think it was outliers um about how like you know so much of that is is just a story that we like to tell ourselves because it kind of lets us off the hook for not having quote unquote a gift um when in fact pretty much anybody who had that gift uh they worked a ton with it and maybe maybe some little you know um propensity for the activity or perhaps even getting lucky in the early days at it got them the right feedback that made them start to link all this happiness to doing it and then suddenly they started practicing like crazy and so i think the idea is that like talent is something that is developed not just inborn um obviously mindset can be about a lot more things than being talented at sports or at any one activity there's lots of other mindset like i said just general positivity and being nice and all these other things um but for me like trying to help like trying to teach my kids this lesson that i just never really learned um has been so fun and it's been fun to see them take to it because like when i was a kid i hated practice like like anyone it just like like i was a golfer that was my thing in high school and i went out in the summer and played several rounds of golf in a day all summer long but if i would have taken those hours and like put them in at the range or the practice screen where like it's not quite so fun because you're not playing um, you know, then I could have gotten really good, but I never quite got that. I just, I just, I don't know, read books. My parents were very encouraging. I just never heard that message of like, it's about the practice, not just the fun play. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids have been incredibly receptive to that. And it's been so neat for me to see them 
do this and like just on their own want to go work on work on their soccer or work on their gymnastics work on her gymnastics I should say because my son doesn't do gymnastics um but they'll want to go work and do it and like it's just so cool for me to see them doing that at the same time I sometimes worry I'm like I don't want them to like become these little machines that just have this unhealthy kind of thing that says they have to do their practice I don't want to be one of those you know right dads um but it's been really neat and i i really like to see that and i i like to also take the credit for that one because i think <laughs> as much as I, I give my wife credit for the for the getting them involved in things that make them want to move uh i think i've done a good job of of helping them understand that and and really rewarding that and i don't know i'm just very proud of the way that they that they work and stuff good i like that yes it is good and of course i play them all the you know the motivational things that i listen to i put that on while we're in the car um and they, they they're into it all right yeah so how about you yeah well obviously we're not not to that phase in life yet um you know talking much more generally but there are a couple things that um we're trying to do and that i that i think are good and you know we'll see if they work or not uh but we're trying them um well the first is like to name to name emotions and to name like patience and things like that mm-hmm. um and you know if if she's struggling with not being patient for something you know we kind of ask her like you know what what would be what would be helpful right now and she's like patience you know and she like, she doesn't really help but like at least you're like we're naming it and so she can yeah. kind of begin to like put a feeling towards a, a word and kind of understand the concept a little bit better mm-hmm. um so that that's one thing with mindfulness and or mindset and then uh two others one is um breathing we do uh some breathing work with her when she's upset and i think that that has been like really big mm-hmm. when she gets really upset about something we can sit down we can talk about like taking deep breaths and we like kind of go through a little like breathing meditation type thing it's it's been really good at, at helping reset her um yeah. and and i hope that that's a tool that i mean who, you know who knows but like that might be a tool that she can continue to develop Sure. And, um, yeah, I think I think to, like that. To me, that idea that you can change your, like when when your emotions are kind of out of your control, that you can change something about your physiology that will sort of mm-hmm. get control of them. Uh, I really like that, and I, we've done very similar things with my kids as far as the breathing exercises go. But I, I think you're totally right that like if you can learn that at a young age, even not just a specific exercise, but the idea that you can control or at least you know sort of rein in your emotions with the way you use your body, that's I mean, mm-hmm. that's immensely valuable. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then another one is one we've talked about, I feel like, several times recently, so I won't go into too many details on that. Is, and that's just the our, the gratitude, the daily gratitude practice, mm-hmm. practice that um, yeah. we do of just what, what made you happy today, and we try to celebrate that. Sometimes we do what made you sad today, too, <laughs> so that she can be, also begin, like, you know, like processing those emotions and, and putting yeah. labels to things. But um, mostly we focus on the on the happy stuff. Yeah, yep. Um. Only the things I've really got, I mean, I, I think there is so much that goes on with, especially with mindset that, and maybe with all these categories, but like this one, I feel like there are just so many subtle things in the way that, you know, the parents handle themselves and converse and talk to the child, of course. I just think there's like so much that they pick up from that as far as how, you know, what is the mindset you should, not, not what's the mindset you should have, but what is the mindset that they have by default, be just because of what they observe when they're not mm-hmm. being taught. Um, but I, we're really big on the whole like, I don't know. I, I guess from having like started a business and made that my career, I'm I'm really big on teaching that and and giving those ideas about like you know how how important it is to take risks and like be okay with failing and do things that you think might that you know other thinking about how other people might think about what you're doing and doing it anyway. Um, and just kind of like, like you said, like kind of giving names to all these feelings we have about, or, or naming all the little parts of what goes into being afraid to, uh, I don't know, talk in a class, in a school play or, or have a long speaking part. Um, and just kind of like what, what that's about and what the fear is and why the fear actually these days isn't really, doesn't really serve us. And I don't know, we, we just talk a lot about those kinds of topics and how, how great it is to kind of. Be, like you and I have talked about the, the ratings, right? Getting one-star reviews and not reading them, but mm-hmm. doing work that is worthy of getting five and one-star reviews so that you, like, you know, that's so much better than doing work that gets all three-star reviews because the work that gets three-star reviews, no one really cares about. Much better to have half people love you and half hate you. 
than as far as you know from the purpose of trying to you know create something or, or be an artist of sorts which i wouldn't right. say we are at all but uh that's what i talk to my kids about being so anyway that we just have so many conversations about those sorts of things and uh I don't know. I'm I'm learning it all myself, but I like it's it's just really fun to be sharing that stuff. And and like I said, at the ages that my kids have hit, where I can start to talk about these things with them, uh, it has become so rewarding since then for me. Well, that is cool. Definitely, I'm excited for that phase of life with with Eliza. And it's just, I mean, you know, not to get sappy and off topic, <laughs> but it's so cool. It is so cool to see her figuring things out and growing up and becoming. Yeah. someone who has emotions and you know more than just like crying and smiling but you know like that that has opinions and and yeah. things that she wants and things that she doesn't want and, and the ability to express that yeah. <laughs> you know right and right. this personality it's just so cool to like see that coming developing and and i can't wait to i don't know i'm, I'm gonna stop now but <laughs> <laughs> yes anyway it's fun um so much good, so much sort of richness of life that has come from it for me. I think that's that's the thing that I go back to a lot. Like, uh, as I said, it, it has been hard. Like, it's, those first three years, I think, for each one, for me, each kid, uh, were, just, were just really hard. Like, it was just it was just like a total turnaround of life and priorities. And, like, it's not about you anymore. It suddenly is about them. And that, that was just hard for me. To, I just wasn't prepared for that, I guess. Um but the thing that I've kind of realized as they've gotten older and I've gotten older is like the amount of like that that is all a huge investment in what I'm only calling richness. Like I feel like it just it just kind of adds this this kind of complexity and and I don't know I don't know robustness, but like it just it just adds all this meaning to everything for me. And certainly like you can you could be you could be someone who chooses not to have kids and still create that richness in your life. But for me, like having the kids sort of forced me to do that. Like I can't. I don't know. You just can't. I can't afford to just be lazy and do nothing anymore. Um, like you, you kind of it just you know. It's just how like when you buy a house, it sort of like forces you to save money, mm-hmm. like, regardless of whether because there's all kinds of advice about whether it's good to buy a house or not as far as an investment. But for me, it's good because it just forces you like you pay the mortgage and then you're just sort of saving without even thinking about it. For me, that's partly what having kids is. It's like it just forces me to develop this love and riches in my life that like maybe on my own I would not have really. Yeah, I could look back and say, wow, I kind of wasted those 15 years. But I can't really say that about being a parent. Beautiful. I love it. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. In its own way. Yeah, yeah. All right, Doug. Well, um, I guess that is enough. I guess so. Talk That's funny. all. Yeah. About parenting. Matt and Doug on parenting. <laughs> we should write a book. Yeah. I think we probably shouldn't write a book. <laughs> yeah, I think you probably write a book. Said, nah, let's not do that. Let's leave that to the experts. <laughs> Well, we can make a podcast episode. Uh, that's right, and I hope I hope people enjoyed it. I assume that if you, or I would imagine that if you don't have kids, this is probably a pretty boring episode. But um, yeah, I probably didn't make it this this far. Well, yeah, maybe you're thinking about it. Yeah, maybe. There we go. <laughs> well, cool. Right. Well, thanks for listening, and thanks for thanks for this, the discussion as always, man. Yes. Thank you, Doug. All right, we'll be back next week. Bye bye. All right, bye.